evening, everybody. It's Sunday. That means it's the day after a Bolton Wanderers defeat. Uh, Love Pod episode thirty-two coming in your ears. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm joined in this uh, this quest. My colleagues, my comrades, my cohorts. I've got uh, Tom, and I've also got the deadliest man alive. I've got Rob Latham with me as well. Rob, you all right, mate? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Fine, yeah, solid. I'd, uh, I chose to go on a bit of an all day around Preston yesterday rather than follow Bolton, so I'm <laughs> feeling a bit delicate this morning, but also feeling incredibly smug that I didn't go to watch Bolton away. And yet, what was uh, yet another awful performance? Tom, how are you doing, Paya? You, you well also? Yeah, not too bad, Chris, not too bad. Good stuff. We've been rotating the cast a little bit uh, lately, but Tom's back uh, to see what he can offer, offer his opinion on various topics. We're going to dive straight in. Um, right, another away defeat, lads. Um, did you expect anything less? Tom, come to you first on that one. No, I uh, I had a terrible hangover on Saturday and I didn't want to make it any worse. I did listen to the last half an hour uh, on the radio, but I saw it coming and did all I could to avoid it. Very sensible. Rob, I, I don't suppose there's anyone alive uh, who, who professes to support in Bolton who really thought we would get anything from that game yesterday, especially uh, especially with our right, recent forms being it's been nothing less than terrible. Yeah, true. I mean, last week we were fairly positive, given the way we'd mainly played against QPR. Um, I think there were signs that we played quite well. I know um, Lennon was fairly enthusiastic afterwards, but um, yeah, I think we, I think deep down we all kind of knew that we were up against it against Burnley. I mean, they're a good side. and Definitely. There's quite a few points we'll go into to explain why in a minute or so, but the general consensus it appeared to be, as I was uh, reading, reading Twitter and me, Sam Adams inspired Hayes, that, that people thought we played reasonably well, to be honest. It was... Uh, Yet another hard luck story involving Bolton Wanderers at the minute. In this minute in time, and it's uh, it's starting to get a bit boring. Um, but straight in, uh, straight into the uh, into the topics of debate. Casado came in, obviously, uh, and a host of changes made to the back four. And, and by all accounts, he was a little bit shaky. Um, you know, I think there's no doubt in anyone's mind that Dimox is our first choice left back going forward. Uh, have you seen much of Casado otherwise, uh, Rob? And would you think that Mox is just really going to be the first choice until uh, anyone else comes in? I think, given the way Moxie's played this year, he's probably got to be number one. Um, if, I, if, if I'd been saying that 12 months ago, I think I'd have got asked someone to lock me up. But, um, mm. I mean, this year he's been a lot better. I think Casado obviously has experience of playing in La Liga, so once he um, kind of adjusts to the English game, he might become a number one. Um, and I think there were signs of his quality yesterday, so there are a few crosses he put in that someone should have done better with and maybe scored from. Um, Defensive-wise, I think, like Pisano, he struggled a little bit yesterday. Um, there was one incident where he passed the ball right across his own goal, straight to our field, and Gray should have scored from that. No, folks should have scored from that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but apart from that, I thought he looked he looked all right. Um, she needs to get used to playing in England, I think. Yeah, I remember Marcus Alonso making his debut away to Burnley and, and, and having a similar rough rough circumstance in his game there too. Tom, um, the defences, defensive issues are starting to become more and more apparent every week. We've got, what was it, three changes out of the back four that started against QPR with only Devite starting in both games. Chopping and changing his defence, you know, people playing out of position, uh, I mean, we took it right back in this occasion. What do you think that says about Lennon and about the team itself? Do you think that it means that he doesn't know his best his best back four? Or do you think it's a, really is a case of, uh, of square pegs in round holes sometimes? Well, it, it was on Saturday with Wheater out at right back, wasn't it? Um, I think Derek looked, played right back in the end. Did he? Yeah. Well, I'd be more comfortable with that because I think he's got a bit he's got a bit of pace, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, I thought he had his back four sorted. It looked like it was going to be 
uh, Prince and David Wilson on the right, uh, Moxie on the left, and I still don't see any reason why that should be any different. No. Um, I wasn't overly convinced by Pisano. I thought maybe in this league he's more of a winger than a fullback because he's very, he's very small in stature. Um, and then you know, Pisano and Casado are both going to. The only way they're going to get used to the league is is by playing games. Yeah, there's no surprise so about that. No, it's not going to be a surprise that he you know he struggled in his first game. Um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised about the changing with the centre halves. Maybe maybe he's sending a message out to to the back four and saying that he's he's not been happy with the way that they've been playing recently and nobody's place is is certain. But I'm, I'm surprised that he's starting to to change it at the back. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see that coming, especially not so wholesale anyway. But uh, again, maybe we should have seen it. I mean, he's become he's quite fond of it, isn't he? And he looks like a bit of a tinker from time to time. Um, I was very surprised to see Mark Davies on the bench. Uh, I don't know if anything's come out since about that being injury-based or just giving him a breather, not entirely sure. But with him and Clayton, neither him or Clayton starting the game, I was concerned beforehand about how uh, how creative we would be. Um, Tom, come straight back to you on that particular one. Clayton and Davies are two of our primary attacking influences. We were always going to struggle without them in the team. Yeah, I think that they're the two, well, both of those and Silver. That's where we're going to get our creativity from. I don't necessarily disagree with you know throwing spearing in and trying to be more solid, particularly away from home to a, to a team like Burnley. Um, but I think, like you said, taking both of them out um, stifled us a bit going forward. But then again, you know we've got we've got three we've got three games in a week, haven't we? So, you know, he might have set his three teams out um, before the Burnley game. So you might see Davis and Clayton on Tuesday night. Yeah, I can understand. Uh, I can understand where you're coming from on that, that point of view. I do agree to an extent. Um, but Rob, do you think having a sort of away formation and away team and a home team is something that we could maybe be looking at going forward? The fact that he does try to to hold things up and, and be a bit more solid on the road. Given our record, especially, it does make a certain kind of sense, would you say? Yeah, I think it definitely does, yeah. I think certainly having an away style and away formation definitely makes sense, <laughs> given that we're so crap away from home. I think hmm. you kind of have to consider that. Um, I think we were fairly solid yesterday until Spearing got injured. Um, I think up until like just after the half-hour mark, we were doing all right, and we were almost on top of the... We were doing better than Burnley, and we had a couple of chances to maybe win it. Um, or getting getting the lead anyway, but yeah, I think I was interested. I, I thought it was surprising that Clayton and Davis both dropped to the bench, given that we've had two weeks off, um, so they shouldn't be tired. But then there's no. game on Tuesday, so and I think if you're going to play that formation, it? then Clayton doesn't really fit in, does he? If you're going to play Silver and Feeney, you can't fit Clayton in. So, so I think he'll play differently on Tuesday, and Clayton will start, but. Yeah, yeah it you'd, makes sense, you'd, you'd hope so. You'd hope that we would go more aggressive and more attacking, um, mm. given the given the well, given the, the need now for for that kind of approach. You know, it's very very difficult. Um, Birmingham home is going to be tough, and it's all, it is all about fine margins, as we saw obviously with uh, with with Burnley at week. And like I said, a lot of the the, the the sort of chatter after the game was that we played really well, and the fact that we didn't have a centre forward cost us, whereas they they had a pretty damn decent centre forward. Yeah. Um, these margins in the league, it's difficult. I was watching Derby today. They had um, they were, all the commentators were going about how exciting Derby were to watch. Well, I thought, well, they've got that Johnson in the midfield. He's yeah. six million quid. He's been at Premier League the last couple of years. Tom Ince, probably five or six million pound. That Shackle, another three million pound. You know, there's, there's big money being splashed about the championship, and we're really, really struggling on, on an absolute pittance of a transfer budget. Uh, not to make excuses for Lennon, but it just goes to show that when you can, you can call upon Andre Gray. 
you know, a, a top striker who should probably be playing in the Premier League, or you can call on you know, Emil Heskey. Um, <laughs> there's really no competition. Um, but talking of Spearing, obviously we're going to have to change things around a bit because he's uh, he's injured, unfortunately. We don't know the, quite the extent of it yet. I think there was a tweet yesterday going around about how it was a fracture. I'm not, not sure if that's a, mm. a, a low-level one, like a metatarsal or something more serious. I hope it's not. Um, but that purely that surely means that Mark Davies will come in to start. Um, but do you think there's, a, there's a, an argument, Tom, for putting Josh Vella back in? Obviously, he's, he's really not been anywhere to be seen so far this season. <laughs> I think you know what my answer is going to be with this, don't you, mm. with Josh Vella? Um, in the, in that holding midfield position, I know we've we've discussed in the past whether or not you think Mark Davis is an under ten or a central midfielder. But for me, in that central midfield position, Josh Vella is the best we've got. With that in mind, Davis should be playing further forward. Um, I can see why away from home he might go for a spearing over Vella because spearing offers a bit more defensively. Um, but at his age, um, he needs to be playing for us week in week out. And from a cynical point of view. It puts him in the shop window as well. Um, and if finances are that tight, then you've got to start thinking where are our sellable assets. And Josh Vell is one of them. And you're not you're not going to shift him if he's if he's sat on the bench doing nothing. Um, but you know, even from a more positive view, there's there's, he, there's no space for him on the bench. He's, for me, he's got to be starting whenever possible. Definitely, uh, Rob. Would you echo those thoughts? Yeah, definitely. I I don't really understand why Vell is not playing. Um, he came. He's, we've seen him once all season against Wolves, and he came on. Really made a difference in that match. Um, I thought he played really well. And then we've got Dan's, who's basically not doing anything um, in midfield. And yesterday he was back to the old Dan's, um, getting on the ball, giving it away far too easily. And we just can't have players doing that, especially at Burnley. Um, well, the challenge that he tried to put in again for the second goal, I mean, yeah. that dropped him and give him a two-week fine for that. There's an yeah. appalling display of, uh, of a, a real lack of, of effort and commitment in the tackle. It was pathetic. He did that against, um, was it Huddersfield? Yeah, try and yeah. skip around the ball. He just 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 hasn't got the, the ability to pull it off. It's scandalous. Yeah, yeah. Well, he shouldn't be playing, I don't think. I mean, no. especially away from home. He's just a liability that we can't really afford. Um, I think I don't understand the logic in not playing Vela. Um, he's young, he needs to be playing. Get him in there. I don't understand it. No, I don't think anyone does. I know from my point of view, I'd love to see Vela in there, in, in you know, in that sort of role. But he, he does, he, he likes dance, doesn't he? And he came yes. out in that, that interview with the uh, the supporters' association saying that Vela was playing within himself mm. this season, which surprised me a bit because for one thing, he's hardly played. He's not even playing for the reserves at the no. same time. Uh, he is only literally having ten minute cameos here and there. But how is he going to be anything other than playing within himself when he's not getting the opportunity? Very, very strange. Um, but we're bottom of the league, fellas. There's no getting away from it. Um, but then again, we are only 11 points off the playoffs. So, two victories in the next two games. We've got Birmingham on Tuesday and we've got Leeds on Saturday. Um, we've played well against Burnley and QPR by all accounts and we're just missing that bit of luck, uh, as we keep saying. Or we're missing that, that slice of action that takes us closer to uh, to a, a winning position that we can then move on from. So, it's not all doom and gloom. Do you see any sort of positives in in that, Tom? Come to you first, then come to you, Rob, on that. Uh, well, the I mean, the Brighton game at home, I thought we played very well and we probably edged it against Brighton even before the red card. And then, again, like you said, QPR, you've gone away from home and scored three goals and not taken anything away from it, which is um, positive in some ways and then very worrying in others. Uh, and then the Burnley game, we, we were in it for a long for a long period of the game. And then, but Burnley are very good in the second half, aren't they? I think they've got more points than anyone in the last... You know they've won more points in the last half an hour than any other team in the league, so we we would have seen that coming. Um, 
performances-wise, you wouldn't say that we look like we're relegation fodder. But, you know, even in an early stage of the season like this, the league table doesn't tell any lies, does it? And if you're playing well and you find yourself bottom of the league, then what's going to happen when we, when we stop playing well, when we go through? Yeah. You know, no, got, no, you don't get any points for playing well. I mean, I'd rather we weren't playing well, but we were comfortably mid-table, you know. Or, or even someone like Brighton, who I wasn't particularly impressive when we played them, but they're eking out results, they're sneaking them in, they scored again in the last minute on Saturday uh, against Leeds. That's the sort of thing I was talking about, Rob, um, and sort of thing I was wondering what you think about um, espousing the fact that you don't have to necessarily play too well. Maybe we shouldn't be that concerned about it. But it's, we've just got to get points on the board now, haven't we? It's a, a yet another awful start to the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's four on the trot now, I think. Maybe yeah, three. Yeah. I think in this league, it doesn't really matter. I mean, obviously playing well matters, but it's, it kind of doesn't as well. I mean, it's all about getting points. And after matches, Lennon's always coming out and saying, oh, yeah, we played well. We didn't deserve to lose. But that's what Friedman was doing a year ago. So that's kind of worrying. But um, mm. I think the worst thing for me is the fact that we, we're dominating games and they're not, scoring goals so yesterday we had about three chances before they'd scored we could have been two or three up um and then once we haven't scored there's no plan b so there's no one on the bench who's going to come on and make an impact um i mean yesterday we had to turn to emil heskey and that was a massive waste of time so i think that's another problem as well when it's not going right there's no one who's going to come on and just grab the grab the game and kind of turn it around i think that's the biggest worry for me Mm, it is quite, it is a bit difficult to to see where we're going to go from here, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed, though, against uh, against uh, Birmingham. Uh, Birmingham are fourth, I think, in the league at this minute in time. But it's going to be interesting, certainly. Right, well, we'll call that it for Burnley. It's difficult to talk about a game we haven't, really, we haven't attended, but we, we did our best, I think, there. Um, we'll take a short break. We'll come back and we'll talk about that game on Tuesday and maybe a little tiny bit about Saturday. Uh, stay where you are. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, let's talk about Birmingham on Tuesday. Our home form is decent, isn't it? Um, I'm confident about this one. I think I fancy just to win. Um, obviously, we play Birmingham on Tuesday and we play Leeds on Saturday, both at home, and, and you've got to hope we will get two wins. Um, Rob, how do you think we're going to get on? Um, <laughs> mm, I'm not sure. I mean, Birmingham are doing pretty well. Um, I was surprised to look at the table and see they were um, fourth in the league. Um I know they've got some good players, like Damari Gray's a good player. Um, have they still got Paul Robinson playing them? I think they have. Yeah, he scored on Saturday. Yeah, he scored yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> His first goal, first goal for eight, eight years. That is mental. Um, so I really hope he's not going to play, seeing as he'll be absolutely worn out by on Tuesday. But um, yeah, they're a good side. Um, they haven't lost away from home yet this season. So um, yeah, uh, but we're really good at home. So I think if we go there and have a bit of a go then I should I should be okay it's just about like I was saying earlier just putting the chances away so when we're making chances we've got to make sure we capitalise on it but um, yeah I'm not 100% confident that we're going to get anything to be honest no well we'll take 51% at this minute in time yeah. things have been going. <laughs> what about yourself Tom I mean it's going to be an interesting game isn't it I mean they've scored I was reading a bit of research earlier on for the, the match preview that I'm going to put up tomorrow on, on the website and they've actually scored as many goals away from home this season as we've scored Collectively, mm. in the entire season, so they're a good oh, wow. team, and they've improved. They've improved a lot under Rowett. Um, how, how do you see the game going? Uh, knowing what you know about both teams, um, well, with Rowett in particular, he's uh, he does his homework on teams, doesn't he? Um, I remember reading an article about him when he was at Burton, 
and he was he was talking about how he, he did his homework and he, when he expected teams after the World Cup to play three five two, he built his teams to counter that. Um, I think he's one of those managers that reacts to the other side. So he's not one of those Kevin Keegan types that says we're just going to play our way regardless um, and play this or or an Owen Coyle maybe who played the same way week in week out. So I think they'll know how we're going to play. I think they'll have done their own work. But it's just with this league. I mean, they you know they can go and get like you said, have the best away record in the league, score more goals away than anyone else. But again, it wouldn't surprise anyone if we beat them one 0 it's just it's just the way the league works, isn't it? Yeah, it's really unpredictable, and, and that's what that's what really the only reason I'm basing my confidence on is is, uh, is that sort of unpredictable factor that the league has. Um, yeah, so they've only lost twice all season, unbeaten away from home. It's going to be a very very tough game. I mean, would you make any changes based on the on the Burnley defeat? Uh, sorry, that's to you, Rob. Thank you, I think um, definitely have to bring Davis in. Obviously, Spearing doesn't look likely to play. Um, I think I bring Davis in. I would drop Dan's, but. We all know that's not going to happen. Um, so I think it's likely to be the same with um, Dan's coming in. Um, and I try and find a way for Clayton to get in as well. I'm not sure if that means dropping Feeney, maybe. I mean, he's missed, what, two or three guilt-edged chances on Saturday. So in my book, if you're going to miss those, you need to be dropped. Um, so I'd put Clayton in on the right, personally. Um, and then I'd like to see Prince play. I think he, him and Weeter at the back. I'd like to see that, and then I think we're kind of not much not much choice in terms of fullbacks. I mean, is um on Laurie Wilson is he injured at the moment? Do you know? Not entirely sure. Somebody was meant to was, uh, was mentioned that he was he was spotted in the crowd on mm. on Saturday, but I don't know who anybody had a chat with him or anything like that. I must say. Yeah, so I think the back four is probably going to be the same with I think uh, Prince coming in for uh, I guess Devit. Um Yeah, I think Moxie's still going to be out, isn't he as well? So. Yeah, I think I'd bring in Davis and Clayton. Yeah, I think I would probably agree with all of that. Uh, Tom, where do you stand on the changes ahead of uh, ahead of Tuesday night's game? I mean, obviously we're, our hand is being forced with with one or two, but elective changes. What what would you do? I see, I, I think I, I agree with with everything Rob said there. Um, bringing Prince back in, trying to find some space for Clayton and and Mark Davis, and then you know you mentioned about Neil Dans. I mean, the last time I watched Dan's was at Brighton at home and I thought he was brilliant. I thought it was the best game I've seen him have in a long time. Um, so, yeah, maybe I'd like to see Vela start, but I don't I don't think there's anything he could do at the minute to persuade Lennon to, to give him a chance. I would agree. It's really, really strange to say. Uh, OK, well, your score predictions. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna stick my neck out on the line. I've said in my preview that's going to go up to my like I reckon before. It's going to be 2-1 to Wanderers. Fancy us to, to sneak something. It's going to be a bit unsurprising, a bit... A bit uh, Tense, but I think we'll get those three points that we so desperately need. Um, come back to you, Tom, on that one. What, what score do you think it's going to be? I'm going to go for a cautious one apiece. Mm. Rob? I was going to say one all, but um, I'm going to change my mind and go 3 2 Bolton. <laughs> be very positive here. Good. No 5 0 predictions yet. No 5 0s, no. We can't defend, so it's not going to be 5 0. Well, I didn't say 5-0 to who. That's one thing. I was uh, I was leaving that completely open. I mean, Gray's, Gray's an interesting one. We mentioned him yeah. before. I know there's a lot of talk about him leaving. They thought he might be not heading off to the Premier League. Um, you know, given our troubles at left-back, you've got to hope that Mox is, uh, Mox is going to return in time. I'm not sure if, you, if there's any news as to whether he will or not. But I don't fancy it. Uh, a, a raw, sort of untested in this division 
slow us sort of full back against yeah. Gray. I think he could he could really give us problems. I, I'd I'd hope that we could get Wilson Pisano or Moxie back in the team. Um, don't mind really at right back. I'm I'm, I'm a bit indifferent between the pair of those two. But Casado is one that, that concerns me, given the, the physical nature of the game and the, the way that Gray, you know, six foot tall, he's, he's absolutely lightning fast. Uh, he could have an absolute field day against him, and that does concern me a bit. Uh, not so much Birmingham's attack. I know that it's a strange one to say, given the fact they scored so many goals. But I, I was never never that convinced with that Clayton Donaldson when I've seen him play before. He's their top scorer, I believe, with with, a, with four, which is, isn't too bad compared to ours. So we just don't know. It's, it's a funny one. Um, we could win. We, we could lose quite easily. It's typical Bolton Wanderers. Um, OK, well, that was only a very short segment, but Birmingham, not, not the most exciting team in the world to talk about. But we face Leeds on Saturday. Um, the club with the world, the, the biggest away following in the world, of course, uh, which doesn't make any sense given the fact that they can't fill their own ground every single week. But Leeds is a tough one. They, they're struggling under Rosler. Uh, they've, not, they've not won for a while. Uh, they beat... They, sorry, they lost against Birmingham... Uh, talking about they lost against Brighton themselves at the weekend so again another one for me that could go either way but how do you see us playing against Leeds Tom? I, I, with this one I'm a bit more confident I think Leeds are, Leeds are there for the taking um, so yeah I think I think particularly at home as well um, we've got players that, will prob- that can cause them a few problems so I'm more confident about that one Same same uh, Rob just before we knock it on the head I mean you think that uh, that Leeds is a more winnable game? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at Leeds, they lost lost four of the last five, and they've only won one in what six or seven. So, I think yeah, we've definitely got a chance of beating them. Um, but you know, Leeds are a bit like us. You never know which Leeds is going to turn up. So, yeah, I think you've got to fancy our chances against them. Fingers crossed. We'll take that confidence into the game. Okie dokie. So let's just have a short break, and we'll come back and we'll talk about the next element of. Uh, and the other Bolton Wanderers week, which is uh, celebrating the Lens anniversary with a bit of a look at how uh, how we've stood, changed, improved, or gone backwards in his time. So just give us a minute, we'll be right back, and we'll talk about our mate Lenny. OK, welcome back to the penultimate segment of this week's uh, Love Pod 32. This week celebrated Lennon's uh, 12-month anniversary in time charge of the job. He's got a, a sparkling, sparkling record. Played 50 games, won 25, uh, sorry, played 25, equal numbers home and away. We've won 14, uh, so it's a 28% win record that he's got. Um, 10 at home, 4 away. 4 away from home in, in 25 is is pretty scandalous. Um, we've lost 15 on the road as opposed to 5 at home. Do you want to just give us your general thoughts now this year's gone, lads, and then we'll get into specifics shortly. Rob, do you want to take that one first? Yeah, sure. Um, I think the home record's generally pretty positive. I mean, only lost 5 out of 25. Isn't bad, um, but then you look at the away record and it's just absolutely dire, isn't it? Um, this year, yeah, absolutely awful. Yeah, four out of twenty-five is absolutely shocking. Um, uh, but this year, I think particularly this year, um, lost five out of six, only only drawn the one, um, and then even the home form this year, only won one and drawn four, but we're unbeaten. So, yeah, I mean. I think we'll come on to it in a bit, but I think there's a wider issue behind why he's struggling. But yeah, jump, but in terms of form, it's not great, obviously. Not at all. Tom, same topic to you. It's been a year of learning there. How's been your, your assessment of the whole thing? Um, I'm going to go on a, thanks to today's article, I'm going to go on a Rafael Benitez fact rant. <laughs> so I am talking fact. Um, 12 months ago, after Lennon's first game, played 12. Eight points, worst goal division in the league. 
year on, played 11, eight points, worst goal division in the league. Um, and it's it, win ratio 28%, Friedman's was 32, I think. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, I believe the 28% represents the lowest. Lowest return of, of any manager, I think, since since yeah. he, you know since he started to keeping this sort of record. Yeah, and um, it just it's 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 part of this wider cycle, um, and I, and I'd even include Megson in this, and it's the idea of manager takes over when we're struggling, a manager that maybe doesn't have lots of experience, um, he takes over when we're struggling. There's an initial bounce, and then we end up either back where we started or. Or you know, even worse in the case with Megson or, or Owen Coyle, there just seems to be a real issue with every manager that comes in as a as that Keegan effect early on, and we get a few results, and then it seems to to fizzle out, and we end up back where we were. And like like Rob's alluded to, there's there's a bigger issue here, and it's not just Neil Lennon, Gary Megson, Owen Coyle, Dougie Friedman. There's there's bigger issues at the minute, most definitely. Um, Rob, uh, can you speculate as to what they might be? I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, isn't it? It sort of begins with F and starts and finishes with Inance. You know, <laughs> you're not going to pot to piss in. You're not going to be able to realistically compete with the likes of Derby spending their tens of thousands of millions of pounds every single season. Uh, it's just not going to happen, is it? But do you think the behind-the-scenes um, struggles, you know, obviously the chairman's not the most popular guy in the world, it appears pretty likely that Eddie Davies has, has deliberately scaled back his investment in the club. Uh, and do you see it changing uh, under Lennon? Or, or do you think, it, you know, we all wonder... About his ability coming down from Scotland, in you know, a bit of a one one team league, and um, it's how he, how he would adapt and cope. Have you been surprised at how how things haven't really changed, or or do you think it's not really all, all on his uh, on his plate? Um, I'm not surprised it's not changed, but I don't think it's his fault massively. Um, I mean, as a manager, you kind of have to take the flak for it these days. But um, I mean, when Coyle came in, we had we had some money, we had a bit of money. When Freeman came in. We had a bit less money, but we still had money. And now Lennon's come in. He's been told in no in certain terms that there is no money. Um, and then whenever he has a half decent player that anyone else wants, they sell. So, I mean, when you look at it, you sell Tim Ream for what two and a half million, whatever it was, and you don't get to reinvest any of that money. What what's he supposed to do? Um, I think he's got us playing better money, better football now than we were this time last year. Um, and that, like you said last like, last night after the match, there are positives in the way we are playing. And you can see what he's trying to do. So anyone who's calling for him to be sacked, I think that's nonsense because no one can come in and do a better job, I don't think. I think it's, Well, that's the alternative, isn't it? If yeah. you were to sack him, you know, what do you do? Because whoever comes in, it's going to be the same situation as Lennon found himself in. You know, we've got a, a squad of, of sort of ne'er do wells and, and, and never will be half injured all the time yeah. just struggling all over the place it's going to be tough um, I don't think sacking him would, would achieve anything but at the same time neither do I think he's particularly untouchable and that we shouldn't mm. we shouldn't be uh, criticising him you know I mean there's been a, a bit of a spate of, of people and I, I call back to Twitter because I was reading it earlier on about people having a bit of a do at Lenin about the lack of progress being made but I struggle to think of anyone that would really do well with this particular team um, Tom, come back to you on that on that one. It's going to be tough for for Lennon, no doubt, but I think it'd be even more tough for somebody else coming in. Um, I'm not sure I agree. I mean, when okay. when you're it was when quite you're, a vague statement to make, I accept. That. <laughs> um, 
when, when you're a manager that's been there a while and things are going wrong, um, I mean, you've even seen at the very top with Mourinho, when things start to go wrong and you've been there a little while, you start to worry and you start rolling the dice. When a new manager comes in, uh, they can bring in the people, their own style, and it's a change of scenery. And I think it's easier for a new manager, whoever that is, coming in, compared to someone who's been there um, and when things start to go wrong. Because I think then they start to run out of ideas. Um, that's not to say Lennon's running out of ideas, just that there's always, or there usually is, that inevitable bounce when a new when a new manager comes in. Um, I mean, I don't I don't agree with this idea of you know people saying Lennon Lennon is going to get sacked or he should be sacked. But you know that if we lose our, our next five games and we find ourselves seven eight points um, from safety. You know that the majority are going to be calling for his head. You know, Coyle always said it, even when he was doing particularly well. No manager is ten games away from the sack. You know, you you lose ten on the bounce, or you go without a win, and your head's on the chopping block. And I and I don't think uh, Lennon's going to be immune to that. No, definitely not. I think you're absolutely right. Um, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, there's going to be a piece going up on the website in a few days' time. Uh, Entitled Bolton Wanderers, where where good managers go to die, um, it's quite a dramatic headline. But I think the the, the substance of it is pretty pretty it's reasonable. Um, yeah. You know, we've we've taken on we've taken on uh, ever since Allardyce left, we've we've struggled to find the right formula. Either we've had a, a good team with a poor manager, which you could maybe hark back to to, to Megson and Sammy Lee, and then you know a poor team. Uh, sorry, a good a good uh, good team and a poor manager, and then the alternative coming around with with Coyle Freeman and now Lennon. In that, where the manager's maybe the star in certain situations, maybe less so with Friedman. Um, but Lennon being our major asset at this minute in time, isn't he bringing people in is his name? It's not really any, anything else. But you know, there comes a point where we're going to have to call it what it is, and it is. It's a bad do. There's no two ways about it. He's been unable to halt the um, the poor start to the season that we made in the last two or three seasons. Um, granted, he's had his hands tied in in the way that other managers have had his hands tied as well, but. We are struggling. There can be no 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 hiding that fact. And the next couple of games, I think, are going to be really interesting. We have spoken about how we need to win both. But we haven't even considered the fact that we might lose both. Mm. Um, and we're playing Preston in a fortnight who haven't won a game all season. You know, uh, Knowing Bolton Wanderers like I do, guarantee we'll help them out with that. So if you can imagine we were to maybe go without a win for the next three games, Oof. all of a sudden you're talking you know, two-thirds of the season left now, another three games out of the way, you're a bit closer to Christmas. You're still bottom of the league, you know. And as much as we love Lennon, how long do you leave it? I'm not advocating for a second that, that we should get rid of him now. But like you just said, in three weeks' time, we could have lost another three games against teams, in, a couple of teams in the bottom half. One Preston being, you could argue, a direct rival for relegation. And then I think you have to start looking at it. Whether he's come down from Scotland, whether he's a bit naive, I just don't see how he can get the home form so right comparatively, and the away form so wrong. I mean, out of the 25 home games we've played under Lennon, we've lost five. But out yeah. of the, the 25 away games, we've lost, lost 15, so we've lost three times as many. So if you take it that we're only going to get a win away from home once every three months or so, um, you know, judging off that 1-4 that, that drawn six away, away record, it's piss poor, piss poor. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's only the, the, the sort of stark realisation from some fans that we are in a shit situation and that sacking him is, is maybe not the answer. Is uh, is probably giving him that easier ride than other people might have gotten. Um, I know the one clever dip was on about well, if it were Freeman, you would have been clamming for Freeman out. I mean, it, that that's obviously a stupid interpretation of a of a more complicated situation. But I like to think that maybe we are taking a bit of a 
a bit of a more sensible long-term approach now. Lennon needs us to be a success for the sake of his own career. And we need to be a success as well for the sake of the, the future of the club. I mean, we, the amount of stick we gave Wigan for going down last season, if we were to go through the same thing again, you know, I, I think I'd have to close my Twitter account down because it just wouldn't be worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I, I mean, how do you think the club, off the pitch, let's talk about off the pitch for a moment. Um, Rob, come to you first. Obviously, he's had to uh, to trim the wage bill somewhat, as have his predecessors as well. But I think pre- uh, Lennon's probably had, had that to do to a, to a greater extent. Um, off the pitch, it's hard to know, isn't it? He was in the press state that we're actually in a better position financially now than we have been for a long time. But it's not being reflected in our spending, is it? Um, financial fair play aside, we're not really we're not reinvesting to the extent that we're uh, that we're having to sort of sacrifice players like Reem. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with his point about being in a better financial place. I mean, we wrote an article a while ago when they released the figures about our finances, and looking at that, the kind of it's kind of telling us that we're actually still losing money. Um, mm. And the fact that Davis has pulled out of financing us anymore. That's the biggest concern because at the moment we are in debt. We're massively in debt, but it's debt to Davis, so we're actually not really in debt. Because if he sells us, then he's probably going to wipe that debt off and sell it for thirty. It's a million. soft debt, and I've always likened it to yeah. to owing your dad fifty quid. You know, you, you know yeah. the debt's there, but the, the, realistically, he's not going to come and ask you for, for your money back. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think I the biggest look, concern is that um, in those figures that we were talking about, um, there was. After the Davis financing is finished, we've taken out a five million loan from some London bank, like a private bank. I think That's that, right. It was that, the, uh, the the short term loan because yeah. we, we, we were rejected to have a uh, our overdraft was, was rejected, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. harking back to student days there. <laughs> I mean, that's a big concern. If we're going to start borrowing money and we're going to get done by financial fair play, we keep doing that. And if that happens, then I really worry for the future of the club. To be honest, I think that's really. That's a really dire situation if that happens. It is. I mean, as I'm talking about Lennon being our only asset, obviously we do have the uh, we do have the land and we do have the, the the sort of bricks and mortar that we could we could take into effect if need be. But obviously that's long term future of the club kind of effort, isn't yeah. it? It's not something that you want to gamble for a short term investment when when promotion is so attractive, but it's also so risky at the same time. Um, okay, but well, that's an interesting interesting little debate there. I mean, it's hard to know where we're going to take it from here, purely because. Um, we only know what we know. They don't, they don't tell us everything. So we have to sort of um, infer certain things from his statements about being in the black and wonder then why that means we haven't got the um, the, the, the transfer budget that we would uh, we would so love to have. Mm. But let's just have a little break, fellas. Um, I know we've only been away for a second too. We'll come back and talk about uh, the final element of Bolton news this week. We'll have a game of Guess Who and then we'll call it a day because I'll be honest, I forgot to post a Twitter question. So <laughs> listen stay where you are. We'll be back in two seconds. Okay, welcome back to the fourth segment of Love Pod 32. I'm still Chris, he's still Rob, and he's still Tom. Um, right, let's just break down the um, the last little bit of Bolton news for the week, and then we'll lock it up in the head for uh, for episode 32 of the pod. Right, other Bolton news. Uh, in a, a little, gone a little bit under the radar, I think, this today, but it was in the Star, I believe, um, some news that Clough is going to sign a new contract uh, tomorrow. Now, it's only, what is it, six months since he signed his last one, but I guess it reflects the progress that he's made. Um, there's no word of a, any sort of release fee or, or duration. I know his present contract ends in 2017, so it's the season after this one. Uh, I think it, it's a good move by the club, undoubtedly. I don't think we're going to disagree on that. Um, do you think that uh, it's difficult to say? Actually, I'm going to try and phrase this in the most non-confrontational, weird, paranoid way possible, Rob. Uh, come to you first. But do you think he's worth all this fuss? Uh, I know it sounds strange, um, but 
I just can't help it. That the pessimistic side of me just wonders deep down. With his injury problems being as they have been, do you think maybe we're taking a gamble boosting him up to be, you know, out, you know we're probably going to be a midway, if not one of the better paid players in the squad? Or do you think he really is that good and I should really just, just be grateful for what we've got and stop being so daft? <laughs> I think there's an argument for both, to be honest. Um, last year when he came in, he was a bit of a revelation. Um, he scored eight goals and everyone thought he was the next best thing well, the best young player we've had in years. So, mm. I mean, this year when he's come in, I think people have known more about him. Um, undoubtedly, yeah, yeah, undoubtedly, he's had to fight against. He had to fight against that, hasn't he? Yeah, and he's he's struggled really this year. Um, there's been a couple of games where he's been pretty bright, but generally he's been marked out of matches. Um, and then to go and suffer another injury is really disappointing. Um, I think the promise he showed last year warrants giving him a new deal. Especially if big teams are going to be apparently interested in him, I'm not sure he warrants that interest. I don't think the likes of United and Arsenal should really be looking at him um, at the moment. Um, but it's nice that they are. I mean, it's it's, it's nice for him that they're interested in him. But um, yeah, I'm not sure he's that good yet. I think he needs a couple more years actually playing first team football. And my big concern about him is where he actually plays. Um, I don't really see what position he has in our team. I mean, he kind of sits in that hole behind Medine and he gets lost. Um, but he's not really physical enough to play up front on his own. So no, he's kind I'm of struggling from that point of view. Um, but I think for the future, well, for his future, he needs to sign a new deal, um, play regular first-team football, and then how much promise he actually has, how much potential he actually has, um, will kind of shine through. But it's good. It's good for us that we're going to be keeping him, and definitely that's great news. Yeah, definitely. Tom, um, do you think Clough would be looked at by someone like United or Arsenal as linked, or do you think that's maybe eighteen months in the future for him? Um, I think with the top clubs, if you look at, I mean, you know, people are being signed at twelve, thirteen, fourteen years old. So when a player like Clough breaks into the Championship like he did last year and plays in the way that he did, then they definitely, you know, even if they are sending a part-time scout or you know just casually looking at him, then I, I do think top teams will look. Um, they wouldn't be doing the job, would they? Not if they weren't uh, they weren't mindful or aware at least of all up-and-coming top-class players in the uh, in the lower leagues under the age of twenty-one, for example. They wouldn't be doing the job if it wasn't uh, wasn't on the mind. Well, this is it, and you know they'll they'll have scores of people. Particularly, you know, your United and your cities, um, who are paid to go and to go and look at players. So, like I said, when you know when a player like Clough breaks through, then they'd be daft not to to go and have a look. Um, with regards to his new contract, long term and financially, it's probably good to tie him down to a, to a long term contract so that we're protected uh, as and when you know the the bid comes. Um, I don't necessarily think he, he might have earned it. On the pitch, um, I mean, I know he's injured at the minute, but you know he struggled at the start of the season. We've put loads of pressure on him, uh, so I think this new contract isn't isn't necessarily a, a reward for Clough. No, it's more of an not, investment, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's yeah. protecting our interests rather than anything else. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't I don't think it's uh, it's it's for him as a reward for the way he's played or or you know no. sticking by him if he's got another injury. I think it's. It's being a bit selfish and thinking about you know when the bid does come in in twelve months' time if it is 
you know, if he had six months left on his contract, then we're going to get next to nothing for him, or we might even lose him for nothing. So, yeah, it's a good idea to get him tied down. Definitely. Right, OK, moving on. Um, striker search goes on, still no closer. Lennon making, uh, flattering his eyelashes at Carlton Cole in the paper this morning as well. So that's obviously the sort of play we're looking at. Um, do you think someone like Cole would come in and be would be any good? I know he's, he's done well in the past, hasn't he, in the Championship for City, uh, not for City, for, uh, for West Ham. And so obviously he has got that sort of heritage and that, that kind of pedigree. I think he's played for England as well, I could be wrong. Um, but Rob, Carlton Cole, do you think he could have something that we're missing? Not really, no. Um, <laughs> didn't he turn down Shoe Ramiobi because he's the same kind of player as Medine and Heskey? Mm. Um, I, that, think... that's, that, I noticed that little element of uh, that sort of double standards, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't really see how Cole differs from that. He's not... He's not exactly the quickest, just a big bloke who plays up front. Um, I'm not sure it's worth it, personally. If we've got limited finances, then I'm not sure how much money you'd be demanding. But I don't really see it happening, to be honest. No, Tom, uh, what's your opinion on Cole? I mean, he has the the nickname Can't Control, but I don't know whether <laughs> he'll be any good for us or not. I, this is one that I really don't don't see us doing. I, I really don't think it's worth, uh, worth the time of day, really. But... What do you think Lennon sees him and do you think he might be able to prove us wrong? No, I mean I completely agree with, with what Rob Rob's hit the nail on the head there. Like, you know, the the striker that we were looking for was an Adam Lafondra, you know, a, a bit of a pain in the backside, but someone who plays on the shoulder of the last man and gets in behind. I mean, it was it was quite good last season watching a, a Bolton striker get caught offside. Yeah. Um you know, if you think about how many times do we get caught called for offside, we don't because we've got one striker up front that plays in front of the centre-halves. So we need something different. I mean, he's he's got Medine who, um, who starts for him. Heskey comes on for 10, 15, 20 minutes. But we need we need a different type of striker than Carlton Cole. Can Max Clayton um, not play that role? Did he not, when he was at Crew? was he not playing behind the main striker? I seem to remember that. I, th- I, think, so, I think so, yeah. Well, he came as a striker, didn't he? And yeah. then he's, he's only ever played on the left for us. Yeah, and he's like Clough, isn't he? He's probably not a striker is probably the wrong word I would suggest to use to describe his uh, his play forward. Yeah, support striker. Yeah, mm. um, but I'm, I'm not sure that he would. He would. Like, he certainly wouldn't, uh, in my eyes, be be classed as a, as a striker. I think like Clough would do. It would be exactly the same. You would never really choose to play them both up front on their own, for example. Whereas someone like Cole probably is that target man. He's maybe got. Well, he's definitely got a, a more of a, of a top level pedigree than uh, than. Medine, but him and Amiobi were sort of you know two cheeks of the same arse kind of thing. You know, I'm not really sure that either would be would be my preferred option. But time will tell. Um, we still haven't got a striker, and, and we're, we're still struggling for goals. So that the need is going to get ever greater, and perhaps the the desperation is going to strike. Now, to move on to the the final topic for this week, um, Allardyce's book comes out. I think Tuesday. I think it is now. Disappointed that we haven't had our copies to give away. We actually were promised a few copies by by the publisher to to give away on the website. We're still hoping they may turn up in the coming days, but uh, yeah, broken promises there. What can you do? He made these revelations about Gartside there, and they were addressed on the website as well a couple of days ago about how he effectively was was hinted at that the club could perhaps do without winning the Carling Cup when we played Middlesbrough back in 04. I wrote a piece a little bit defending the chairman, but also a little bit looking at what, what Big Sam said as well. And there's some more coming out in the coming days. But where did you both stand on that? I'll come to you first, Tom. Um, poor old Sam, or I think Big Phil's were maybe having his words taken out of context and, and sensationalised a little bit for the for the um, for the newspaper. 
Um, I think when Sam left, Gartside had a lot to say. I remember going to the to the Reebok for the first game of the season against uh, Newcastle, and mm. out of the blue, he appeared on BBC Manchester and waxed lyrical about how Sammy Lee was going to be a better manager. And you know, he, I remember he, he, said, well. he said a few things that he probably shouldn't have said. Whereas Sam has remained very very quiet about it, and he hasn't really said very much. I believe it. I, I do think that that's some, that the chairman is going to be cautious. Um, but that's that's the job of a chairman, you know, he's to keep us financially sound when we haven't got bags and bags of money to spend. Um, I mean, yes, Allardyce has got to sell a book and he's got to say things that, that people are going to be interested in and people are going to buy it. But when I read it, nothing struck me as as, as false or exaggerated. That that sounds like something that, that, that was genuinely said between the two of them. Yeah, I don't doubt for a second it was said. Uh, I'm just maybe doubting the uh, the interpretation of it, perhaps. Is it probably the best way to come up to say it? People assuming then that, that by saying that, he is automatically desiring us to lose the game. I, mean, I don't think that's right. I think it's maybe a, a, a cautious, honest appraisal of what it will do to us. And, and I don't think... And he's even come out and said himself, hasn't he, many times that uh, he's never once asked a manager or interfered in that respect. Whether you believe that or not, it is up to you. Personally, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think he would do something like that, and I don't think I, the, I manager don't, would, the manager would listen to him. I, d- I don't think he wanted us to lose the game, but I do think that his his role in that, whereas Allardyce would have been um, getting the fans excited and dreaming about Europe, you know, Gartside would have been the one that was saying, you know, let's think about financially what the issue could be. I mean, that is two years after. Leeds United fell spectacularly from grace into mm. it was two two thousand one was it they got to the Champions League semi final and that's then, right you know four years later they were in League One and you know that that's that's going to worry outside because he's a fan and you know that's not what he wanted they didn't want that to happen I mean it's it's going to happen <laughs> League yeah, League One that, that's League the like now isn't it mm. yeah his, his words may be coming uh, his opinion sorry may be coming more and more true with every passing week at, uh, as things as things stand. Yeah, I, I really agree. I think it's not as black and white as it as it's been interpreted. But at the same time, we're not there. We don't know what the conversation was or wasn't wasn't like. You know, it's obviously going to be sensationalised for the purposes of selling copies of this book. It's not going to be full of times when him and the chairman got on famously. You know, no one's going to buy that. So we'll see. We'll, we'll read the full book when it comes out this week, and I'm sure we'll have uh, we'll have something to say on it pretty soon. Uh, I think Wanderers are, are in a bit of a funny position at the minute in time, where we're not really getting much positive press, are we? So we're it's about time something came true. It came good, I should say. So let's hope that's the two games upcoming. Okay. Right. What we're going to do is we're going to go straight into a game of Guess Who. Like I said, we're not going to have the uh, the, the Twitter question of the week this week. And I apologise that I completely forgot to post one. Um, so yeah, Rob, do you want to hand on over straight to you and we can uh, we can go ahead and talk about Guess Who, have a game of that and, uh, and see who wins. Yeah, sure. So I think you all know by now how Guess Who works. I'm going to read out a few clues about a Bolton player. Of past or present, and then the guy's going to guess who it is. Um, you ready? Ready. Yeah. It's about cool. time I beat you at this, Chris. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Making no pro- no promises. All right. Clue number one. I joined Bolton for a then club record fee. Tom. Go on. Dean Holdsworth. No. Chris. Go on. Jerry Taggart. Yes. Oh, you jump. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I was just thinking about club record transfers in the last few years and, and 
Taggart was the first one that came to mind from the early days. Either him or Macanespi, anyway. Macanespi oh. was a club record fee. Yeah, I think we, we paid about 800 grand for him and then Taggart broke it, I think, the season after. Oh, wow. Could be mistaken. Sorry, sorry, Tom. Sorry, that sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's how we used to play uh, multiple choice question games when we were a kid and you'd just kind of gamble and just go with the first one and off <laughs> chance it was A before question, before answers right. B, C and D got released. But just go through the clues anyway and we'll see if it, uh, how obvious it would have been otherwise. All right, um... Number two was, I won the League Cup with the side I joined after Bolton. Three, my professional, my final professional club was Tamworth. Um, I scored my first international goal against Poland. I joined Bolton from Barnsley. I was voted Leicester's ultimate hard man by their local paper. <laughs> I scored three goals in the 1994 World Cup qualifiers. I scored seven goals and 51 caps for Northern Ireland. After football, I was caretaker manager of Leicester, then assistant manager at Oldham, and I started my career with Manchester City, and also played for Stoke. Interesting, very interesting. So yeah, I apologise for totally ruining that now, but Jerry Taggart, what a good player he was. He was. Absolute brute as well, I remember him running around. around. Yeah, absolutely, as, as, as Wolves players would no doubt attest. Happy days, good stuff, lads. Well, that was a very enjoyable pod, and it was a little bit shorter this week, but it's been... Uh, it's been one of those days today. We, we sort of recorded a little bit out of schedule too. But I think we did all right. Very interesting. Um, thanks very much for your time as well, both of you, and for everyone that's, uh, that's downloaded and listened to the podcast. You can still give us a review on iTunes. Keep downloading. Appreciate your support. The website's doing really well as well. So it's, it's really, really grateful for all your uh, all your efforts. You can still vote for us on the Football Blogging Awards as well. Details of that are at the top of our Twitter page, at Line of Vienna STE. Um, Facebook, we're all on Facebook as well. Line of Vienna Suites on Facebook. We could do your uh, your visits and your clicks and so on on there because we do get a report from our our bosses in the states and sometimes it is telling us off a little bit for the fact that we don't promote, uh, push facebook as much as we maybe should but it is what it is uh, right so rob where can people find you in the week if they want to talk about football or uh, anything else yeah you can find me on twitter at robbie Laz. excellent tom same to you yeah you can find me on twitter um bashing rafael benitez this week uh at down the money road Absolutely, and I highly recommend you check that out. There's a lot of content scheduled in the diary for the next uh, next few days, so there should be plenty to wet your whistle, Bolton Wanderers wise. Um, yeah, thanks so much for listening for downloading. We'll see you next week for episode 33 when we'll talk about our two consecutive victories as we look at our promotion campaign uh, for the rest of the season. So yeah, have a good week. We'll catch you later. Bye bye. <laughs>